Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training with your host, Coach Donald. And we are on another driving episode because I love this. Um, I got in, uh, I've been having a good week so far. Monday did not start off great. But I've gotten in 20 miles in the last three days, which uh, has made me feel really good. And I've been, you know, trying to get these uh, two days. And shout out to Patrick. Um, I'm going to make a story about him here uh, in the near future. Uh, he's one of the few people that makes me feel like I don't work hard enough. This is like as a human being. But uh, in the particular context of running, I'm like, you know, I can handle two days too, right? So anyways, um, I wanted to talk briefly about what type of strength training you need to be doing to build up your durability? It is approaching winter, so a lot of people are, you know, you're getting ready for marathon training. You might be getting ready for, say, cross uh, track and field uh, coming up. You might be cycling, or you're probably not cycling because it's freezing, unless you live somewhere else. Um, or, you know, you got basketball coming up, off-season football. How do you build up your body's durability with weights? Because Sure, they say, hey, go out and strength train, you know, get in the gym. Well, yeah, but what do you do? You go to the gym and do 100 curls, 100 push-ups and leave? Is that building up your body's durability for what you need to do? Probably not, unless that's your thing. So there's three main ways that I work on building durability. And in those three ways, you'll see a very common theme. But let's talk about what the durability is in the first place. Most injuries that are not contact injuries that happen in sport generally are uh, dealing with the tendons and muscles or ligaments. So like think like a sprained ankle, uh, like a, a sprained ankle on the side. That's a ligament injury. There's a bunch of ligaments, which are ligaments are connective tissue. They're collagen fibers, and they connect bones together, essentially. They connect bone to bone. And then you have tendons. Tendons connect the muscles to the bones. In general, muscles do not directly attach to bones. The tendons are what do that. Sorry, I guess water. Some muscles, or some tendons, I should say, have much longer attachments. So on the side of your thigh, you have your IT band, right? Your IT band is a really long tendon. The tendon is like from the side of your knee where it attaches to the side of your uh, femur, all the way up to where it attaches to the glute med muscle, glute muscle, and a few other muscles. That attaches all the way where your butt is. And so the whole length of your actual femur essentially is just IT band tendon versus let's say in your chest where your pecs connect to your chest plate, the tendon there is not very long, right? So there's variation there, but Tendons attach muscles to bones. And the tendons, the connective tissue of the tendon we call uh, a fascia, that is runs throughout the entire muscle. So it, the tendon's really a, uh, a concentration of the connective tissue, but it runs all through your entire muscles. And then your muscles, obviously, your, your muscles, you know what your muscles are. And so those are the three things that generally will get injured when you have some sort of soft tissue injury. Now, how do these get more resilient? Muscles, by just getting them stronger, makes them more resilient. 
So uh, a bigger muscle, a stronger muscle is less likely to be hurt. Think about like football players. They need to be bulky or rugby players. They need to be bulky and strong because the impacts that they have in running into other people, if they're not, if they're too small, then they'll more likely get hurt and be, or at least be less functional. So they need to have that uh, muscles. They build the resiliency to strength uh, and also getting bigger, depending on what you need them for. Tendons. The resiliency of tendons, they respond also by having stronger muscles. So stronger muscles can put better tension on the tendon, which can help increase its durability. And then also with a tendon, the tendons themselves can actually get stronger. So not by the same means, uh, not by the same, not with the same same physiological change as muscles, but your tendons are all these collagen fibers that are generally in, in, in some level of disarray or array and getting them stronger and getting them used to certain uh, lines of movement can help with increasing the tensile strength of them so they're less likely to tear. And so that happens through time under tension. Generally, you do exercises, which is going to be a big part of what we talk about here. You do exercises in a way that increases the time under tension of the muscle and the tendon so that over time, and when we talk about time with tendons, over with long-term changes, we're talking week, months, honestly, as far as making any long-term changes. You can make some short-term changes, but long-term takes months to get tendons noticeably stronger. And then ligaments. Ligaments don't really get much stronger. When you stretch out a ligament and it's you know, been strained, it takes a long time for that to go back down. Ligament injuries are hard to heal. But what does help ligament issues are having really strong muscles and tendons. Generally, ligaments are in places um, ligaments are in places where there are still muscles and tendons that also attach to like your shoulder or your ankle, right? There's especially let's go with your ankle. If you roll your ankle, that is a ligament issue. But having strong tendons and muscles in the lower part of your leg can help with a decreasing the chance of your you rolling your ankle, but also can increase the recovery time of getting back to it, and also can give you support. So I remember back in college when I was running college track we would do these ankle jumps and they are a lot of very similar to the ankle jumps that we do at GHP all the time. These ankle jumps, I noticed, you know, I never did them before in high school. They, you know, I didn't really know what was happening until I was playing basketball in the rec center and I would roll my ankle and like five minutes later, I'd be good to go. Right. But I thought that was normal. I didn't think nothing of it. I only knew that it might've been not normal because everybody else complained about how, long they were injured or dealing with their ankles and I was like yeah I just rolled it but I'm good now and then in grad school I was playing ultimate frisbee and I stopped blowing the ankle jumps because I just stopped blowing them I didn't really know the importance of them so I had rolled my ankle during a tryout and it did not get better in five minutes or that day or the next day it actually took several weeks I ended up having to buy a brace because my ankle was not recovering and I was like oh you know what the ankle jumps. And so actually that incident of getting hurt during my college ultimate Frisbee tryouts 
that actually is a big reason why we stress doing ankle jumps at GHP because there, that took me out. Um, so that is, you know, those are the three ways. Oh, let me sorry. Those are the ways that those tissues, you know, get stronger, right? Now, we look at how. There are a couple main ways for this to go down and play out for you. So first of all, you can do high time under tension isometrics or even isometrics in general. What those are, isometrics are when you hold a muscle in a certain position. So let's say you, uh, you know, I'm gonna park right here. Let's say you go ahead and I'm, I'm gonna parallel park on the left side of the street. And I just like, I just want to tell you that because parallel parking makes me feel really good about myself, no matter how I feel. Anyways, so let's say um, you are doing a squat. An isometric is when you hold a certain position of that squat. It can be the top, not, not the top, that's just called standing up. You can hold the bottom of the squat, you can hold the middle of the squat, you can hold anywhere in between there. That's an isometric. You can do that with weight and do a weighted hold in that position. You can do that for several repetitions and say you hold for three, five, ten seconds and you do multiple repetitions of ten second holds. Or you can do a long 30 second hold or a long two minute hold. One way that we love, I love doing this with athletes are split squat holds. Right, anybody listening to this is like, oh my gosh, Coach Don, these daggone split squats. They are really great ways to engage a lot of the muscles in your legs and really make, and it's also because you're in a lunge position, it's a lot harder to keep holding that position. So you're able to get a lot, I find a very intense training effect out of that. And sometimes we will do those with four second holds at the bottom and do 10 reps. Or we'll do, I'll have athletes do five reps, but they're all 10 second holds. Or sometimes we will, and they might be weighted also, depending on the strength of the athlete. Other times when we do that, we're going to go ahead and do 30-second holds with weights or without weights if they're younger. Or we might do two-minute holds. And when we're feeling fancy, we're going to shoot for a four- or five-minute split squat hold. And that really gets a lot of time under tension. And you know you're hitting an isometric really good, especially when it's like a, a longer time under tension, when you can get the body to shake. Uh, because that means that the muscles are really fatiguing out, and that fatigue effect is going to cause a lot of it's a lot of tension. And that and it it's a good way to notice if you're pushing a lot of strain on the muscle. Do you need to be shaking all the time? I'm not going to necessarily say that you need to, but it's also not a bad thing. So isometric work. The other way you can do this is high repetition work. All right. Again, when you're doing a lot of reps. 15, 20, 25, 30 repetitions of a particular movement, you're going to put that muscle under a lot of strain. You're going to put that tendon under a lot of strain by virtue of that, especially and importantly that if you're going to do 15, 20, 30 reps, they also have to be very tiring. Like It's not like, oh, I can do a total of 60 push-ups at any given time. I'm going to go out and just do like 30 push-ups. It doesn't work like that. 30 push-ups is not doing anything for you. If you're going to do 20 reps, the load that you do it with 
should be a load that you can't do more than like say 22, 25 reps. Okay, so I'm not meaning like a boot camp type of workout. This is, hey, we're going to do goblet squats, and you got 15 goblet squats, but the weight you're doing the goblet squats with, you could you could not do 20. You'd, you'd probably collapse if you even tried to do 20. So that's how heavy it needs to be, though, because the thing is with doing high reps, even doing isometrics or the third part we're going to talk about is it's not just the sake of doing them. The load has to be high enough that it is hard to actually complete the set. Not that you can't complete the set, not that the set was the maximum, but that it was very hard to do that set. So if you're going to do um, 25 reps, it should be a weight that you could barely do 30. You want to leave a few in the tank, but you don't want to leave that many. Okay? So high, high, and the reason high repetitions work is if you're doing 20 repetitions of something and the weight's challenging enough that you're not just flying through it, it could easily take you 40 to 60 or more seconds to do that actual set and again that's what we're looking for how can we get the actual total time of the set north of 30 seconds and really how close to a minute or more than a minute can we get the entire set all right so that's uh, what we're looking for with that then the last part or eccentric work this is going into the bottom of the movement slow so this is going down into the squat slope down into the rdl this is if you're doing like a bent over row or this is letting the weight down slow, or if you're doing a pull-up, letting yourself down slow, all right? So these are great ways to really, A, compared to the other two also, this is one of the top ways to drive strength while doing non-heavy strength work. You can get very strong doing sets of eight, sets of 10, sets of 15 with eccentric work, all right? Now, the important part, again, relates to, you know, the same thing with isometrics and the high reps, is that the weight needs to be hard enough that doing the eccentric is challenging. Not only challenging, the weight needs to be heavy enough that you have to move it slow. So it's not like I'm going to take a really light weight and just move slow. Can I get something out of that? Sure. But we could do a whole lot better than that. You want the weight to be heavy enough that if I were to do 12 reps with this weight on the squat, I kind of have to to stay in control because um, because that's just an, an ideal way to control the weight. If I try to move too fast, I might not be able to do it, or I'm going to be rushing and I'm not going to have good form. So the weight should challenge you enough that you have to slow down. All right? So those are three ways to do this. Isometric work. High repetition work and eccentric work. And these eccentrics, they can be anywhere from three seconds is the minimum, really. Uh, and we've gone up to five seconds. I've really shied away from anything higher than five uh, because it's really like a glorified isometric at that point, which, I mean, you can combine them and create a lot of time under tension. It's just, again, the load has to be appropriate. And if you're going to do, you know, 10 second reps where it's a, I mean, we've done this before, five second eccentric, five second isometric, just make sure you're not doing Try it out, actually, if you want to do a lot of repetitions of that, or that's going to be lower load, but you can get a lot of, you know, work with that, or if you're going to go heavier and just do a few uh, reps, all right, but a 10-second, you know, isometric or, or eccentric or combination of that, you're not going to be going very heavy by virtue of the fact that you probably have to hold the weight in some fashion, and that's going to get uncomfortable, or not even just uncomfortable, because who cares about that? It's going to be hard to do, 
and actually almost impossible at a certain point. So those are your three ways. So when you look at getting your training together this winter and you're at the gym or you're wondering if you're at our gym and you're wondering what are we doing, this is why we're doing it, all right? We want to build up the strength and resiliency of the muscle, let's say especially like hamstring muscles and glute muscles, so that they're at less likely chance of straining and tearing. We want to build up the strength of our tendons so that they have a better ability to keep our joints stable so the joint doesn't get hurt. And then the tendon itself is stronger to handle more training, all right? Remember my dump truck theory. Strong tendons make for bigger dump trucks, and bigger dump trucks can handle more uh, load and stress, okay? So the stronger your tendons are, the more stress you can take in your training. And then we want strong, we want to support our ligaments, okay? We can't really train ligaments because no muscles attached to them, but we can build up the strength of these joints so strong that our ligaments don't have to undergo a whole lot of pressure and, and strain when you're moving. And if they do get hurt, you can bounce back a lot faster because all of the supporting structures can take up some slack so that the ligament can heal. When you have weak ligaments, let's say ankles, they heal and recover a lot slower uh, because the tendons and, ink, and, and muscles in your lower leg are not strong enough to take some of that load while that ligament recovers. So though that's some things to think about. Make sure you, hey, share this podcast with a friend. Find a teammate, find somebody you'd like to work out with, find somebody who you think should know this and send the show, you know, um, share the love. And I, w- I would like to grow the show. Uh, there's some cool things I'd want to do with getting more interviews on and things like that. And, you know, that is one way I grow the audience is just doing interviews. So maybe bust out some of that, but please share the show with somebody. Um, take out some clips that you really like. If you want, if you're like savvy on the internet and like, you know, post them, tell me, tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you like about the episode or what you would want to hear. All right, you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Donald. The podcast also has Instagram at training well done with underscores between the words. And then you can always check out Global Human Performance, www.ghperformance.com. I'm about to get in here and get some more work in and get another workout in. Ciao.